This episode is brought to you by Dragon Ball Legends, the ultimate Dragon Ball experience on your mobile device. Dragon Ball Legends features action-packed anime action RPG gameplay with Goku, Vegeta, Trunks, and all your favorite Dragon Ball characters. Summon your favorite characters from popular Dragon Ball anime series, such as Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball GT to Dragon Ball Super. Fight in real time against friendly or rival Dragon Ball players from across the globe in live PvP battles. Enter ratings matches with your favorite Dragon Ball characters and earn rating points and rewards. Unite with friends to defeat powerful foes in co-op. Dragon Ball Legends features the best anime fighting scenes on your mobile device. And now, Legends Festival is on, so you can get up to 300 free summon tickets. Are you ready? Download Dragon Ball Legends today. Available for free on both iOS and Android devices. What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with Tyler Halverson over Zoom video. Tyler was born and raised in a small town in South Dakota, only 3,000 people in his town. But he started music at a very early age, picked up piano around five, and then at 10, he got his first guitar. From there, he started to write his own songs. Tyler also played drums in the school marching band, so piano, drums, and guitar. Midway through high school is when Tyler kind of got the courage to show people the songs he was writing. He'd play out locally in uh, South Dakota. He ended up attending school at Belmont University in Nashville, so he moved to Nashville. He told us about the success of his song, Beer Garden Baby, and how it really took off in Texas. So he ended up moving from Nashville to Texas for about a year. And he really started to gain a following for himself in Texas, which then led him back to Nashville after acquiring a publishing deal. Tyler talked to us about getting signed to Atlantic Records, putting out his first batch of songs with Atlantic. He recently released a Christmas song, which is called Christmas by Myself. It's really, <laughs> it's a great Christmas song, kind of a, negative he says negative christmas song but it's really really a fantastic song and he also has an album coming out with atlantic records as well so he talks to us about the new single and all about the process of writing and recording the new album as well you can watch our interview with tyler on our facebook page and youtube channel at bringing it backwards it'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Tyler Halverson. Well, Tyler, I'm Adam. It's very nice to meet you. And this is about uh, you and your journey in music. And we'll talk about uh, the news. I know you just released a Christmas song, which is rad. And then uh, the EP. 
Yeah, we, we try to start Christmas a little early around here, I guess. <laughs> I know, but it's, it is November, and I have seen a lot of Christmas lights up, which is interesting. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Halloween lights, I'll take it. Sure. Are you in Nashville? Uh, yes, sir. Yep. Okay, cool. Same here. Um, All right. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome. I was wondering what part of the country you're coming from. Yeah, Nashville. I moved here about three years ago now. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and you're originally from South Dakota, is that what I saw? Small town? Yes, sir, South Dakota. Tell me about uh, growing up there. I mean, 3,000 people. That's uh, qu- my graduating class from high school at 1,200. Really? No, 3,000 <laughs> people, that's a pretty damn good sized town in South Dakota. Oh, is it really? <laughs> I may even say a city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I have a buddy from South Dakota, but I don't know exactly what part. I have to, I'll ask him tonight. I got you. Yeah, there's, I mean, it's kind of a nice little spot to grow up in. There's not a whole lot going on. It's kind of get you know do whatever you like out there there's plenty of space for it yeah what did you grow up in a creative household or musical household at all yeah i feel like i would say growing up i feel like the radio was on more than the tv my parents are pretty good like concert junkies they were always going to shows and whatnot so we were kind of surrounded by music and it was always encouraged quite a bit growing up as well that's cool did you go with them or yeah, I remember, yeah, we, we would go to some shows every now and then. Like, I remember, like, the first show I went to was, uh, um, I won some tickets showing my calf at this uh, fair in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And uh, I remember they handed me some, t- like, a concert ticket on my way out, and it was a Montgomery Gentry show. And I was probably, like, five at the time. So, like, I went and tied up my head for a hurry back and asked the guy for two more tickets because I was like, I can't go without my parents. Like, I'm not old enough. And, like, <laughs> you're like, like I'm five. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what do you expect me to do with that? Give me some drink tickets, too. While you're <laughs> yeah. No, but it was, that was, I remember that was my first show. It was at the Two Empire Fair there in Sioux Falls. Wow. And then you got a guitar. Was that your first instrument? I think you said in middle school or something. Yeah, I got my first guitar when I was probably, I, I was, I was 10 years old when I got it. And then I started, like, taking lessons when I was probably in middle school. But, okay yes sir i got a 10 and was that the first instrument you had yeah i mean i i grew up playing piano a little bit and stuff oh, like did. that yeah i had okay. to play piano so i could play drums in the band in high school you know oh yeah. wow okay <laughs> so you play drums you started on piano but you play drums and then you also got guitar in between that yeah i won't even really say i play any of them i just kind of know what i'm doing a little bit <laughs> okay so how long did you do piano uh i think i played piano from when i was like five to Probably five to like ten is when I got my guitar. I kind of want to put that down. Today, hip hop dominates pop culture, but it wasn't always like that. And to tell the story of how that changed, I want to take you back to a very special year in rap. 88, it was too much good music. The world was on fire. fire yeah. I'm Will Smith. This is Class of 88, my new podcast about the moments, albums, and artists that inspired a sonic revolution and secured 1988 as one of hip-hop's most important years. We'll talk to the people who were there. And most of all, we'll bring you some amazing stories. You know what my biggest memory from that tour is? It was your birthday. Yes, and you brought me to Sade, life-size cardboard cutout. (laughs) This is Class of 88, the story of a year that changed hip-hop. Listen to Class of 88 wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge the entire series right now on the Amazon Music app or Audible. What drew you to wanting to, to play guitar? What what drew me to that? Yeah, like, did you want to write songs or were you wanting to play the songs you were hearing on the radio? 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I had, like I said, I had an uncle that was playing some different bands and he'd always have his guitar out and about and then like just my family kind of being into concerts and shows and and then I think I always kind of knew that I could sing a little bit and I was wanted to mess with some my own, I don't know, just being able to sing some of the songs that I like on my own rather than mm-hmm. uh, with a choir or with whatever, you know, whatever else was available there, so. Sure. Oh yeah, I didn't know you had an uncle that played guitar. Yeah, I had some family that was musical, and that kind of always kind of drew me to that a little bit too. That's cool. And then so once you got the guitar, you got some lessons, and then uh, it sounds like when you got to high school, you wanted to play drums, but were you still playing guitar also, or writing songs in between there, or when did that? I think so. I mean, I think like it sounds cheesy, but I was always like writing a little poem or a little song for some little girlfriend from like elementary school to hell still now i guess but like <laughs> that's all always been about sure sure yeah. uh with with drums like uh was that just something you wanted to play like in the school band or like marching band or what what, what did you play yeah. jazz band yeah i would do that like with a jazz band or not jazz band but like in a just in like marching band and stuff like that and then um i don't know whenever i'd have like a little drum set in my room and just i think that was just more or less to annoy everybody in my house more than anything i wasn't worth it at it so it was fun. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you play, like, were you writing songs and showing them to people while you're in, you know, middle school or high school or anything like that? Oh, hell no. I was terrified. Oh, really? Okay. What well, gave the confidence to do that? Um, I think, honestly, the first time that I, like, played something that I had um, written on my own was, was probably, like, I don't know, maybe 15, 16. But it was kind of a, like, that's kind of when I started, like, playing that out a little bit and then a little on. Like later on towards college, I was playing a little more of my own stuff before okay. moving there. Yeah, you moved to Nashville. You went to Belmont. Yes, sir. Wow. I mean, to get into that school, that's pretty impressive. Like, what was the process there? And like, would you study at Belmont? Yeah, they'll take anybody's money there. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, you're super talented. So who knows if that's true? <laughs> uh, well, I got in. I got into Belmont on songwriting, um, and then I kind of was stubborn headed about that and switched it out and decided to learn the songwriting trade kind of just run around town more than uh at through a classroom so i okay. got in on songwriting there and switched out to music business and tried to learn the ins and outs of all this craziness that's made up every day yeah that's probably the, the better bet i would imagine right? i think so yeah i think i always find it interesting like with because i'm sure you learn a lot obviously with with a songwriting degree or taking the class in songwriting, but it's like, it's not like you're going to finish. And then you have like the map of how to write a song. That's going to become a hit, right? <laughs> no, no publisher in this town cares if you have a songwriting degree or not. <laughs> yeah. But having a music business degree, you could actually, that could apply to just the, yeah. trying to do this, you know, as a, as a career. Yeah. Well, I think, I think what the business degree taught me a little bit was like, that it's okay to not know everything, but it's good to know everybody that knows a little bit of something like there's different, you know, you can allocate those things. Like, yeah. Yeah. Things like, so when you got to Nashville and you're, you're at Belmont, were you trying to play around town or like, how were you trying to meet people? Like what was your moving songwriter? Yeah. We were, we were playing a lot of rounds and things like that, but then we were also going to, um, I credit the tin roof, the writer's revival that was done that. On. it's no longer going on unfortunately but uh every tuesday i'd meet a lot of people down there and that's kind of where a lot of my friends and i all kind of met up and started making our own little songwriting communities and things like that so 
Yeah, I think I think the songwriting is I learned from drunken talks in the bar or writing rims, <laughs> not in the okay. classroom. Not in the classroom. Well, your lyrics are incre- uh, incredible, man. They're really clever. And I, yeah, I dig your songwriting style and everything. Um, and with like, what was the first song that kind of changed it for you? I mean, obviously now you're signed to Atlantic Records and you're doing, you got a big tour you're, you're doing, or you're, you know, got coming up very soon. Um, like what was the, was there a song or something you did or put out or somebody saw you that kind of changed everything for you? I think that, uh, when I played that song, Beer Garden Baby really helped, uh, kind of catch some things. Um, it got my buddy Gary Stanton and Ryan humans. Um, Gary saw it on uh, Instagram and he hit me up and we went and recorded a record not long after that. And then, so getting that was a big, big, uh, I don't know, just having something to tour on and to go around. was, it was a big move for me, I think. And then taking that to Texas and kind of creating a market down there. And it was kind of funny just playing songs in Texas that nobody really cared about in Tennessee for a couple of years. And you go down to, Texas and play it, make your market, make enough noise, and Tennessee has to listen. Oh, interesting. So you really took the song and went to to Texas. Like, did you live in Texas, or was it just going down there? No, I, I was going down there quite a bit, and then I just decided to make the move and stay down there for a year. And it was like a year or two, kind of just mostly being down there. So, oh, interesting. What sound right? What kind of found like your? Were you? Did you have the song in your? What if seeing people on the internet from Texas, like digging it or like what made you, or did you do little tours and found out like, Oh wow, this pocket of the country really uh, is taking to my song. I think it was a little bit of both. Like I could see kind of where it was spinning, but then also too, just kind of go down there and playing and keep playing down there. Um, I think Texas is a very interesting place for live original music. I don't think mm-hmm. there's any, um, I really think it's a good spot to just kind of grow a fan base and, Get your feet wet. Hello, Fresh. What is going on, friends? It is Adam from Bringing It Backwards, and I'm here to tell you about how much I absolutely love HelloFresh. Our family loves HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it is America's number one meal kit. Maybe your New Year's resolution this year is to save some money or eat better or stress less. HelloFresh is here to help you do all three of those things. You can say hello to your most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes at a price you'll like or at a price I love delivered right to your doorstep. I love the fact that I don't have to go to the grocery store. That is my favorite thing because I show up there and I have no idea what I'm buying. I'm, uh, you know, the basic things, but then I get there and I'm like, uh, what am I going to have for dinner? Or what, what, what are we going to make for dinner for the next, you know, four or five nights? And I'm just throwing stuff in the cart and none of it is going to make one full meal. It's just random ingredients to make who knows. And from scratch, without uh, some sort of plan or idea, I can really only make like one, maybe two things. If you're like me and you don't want that recipe boredom to strike, HelloFresh has more options than ever before. Dig into their biggest menu yet with over 45 dinner options to choose from weekly and even more market add-on items that suit any lifestyle. 
Going to that grocery store also takes quite a bit of time. You can save time with convenient recipes delivered right to your doorstep. I know every Wednesday that HelloFresh box is going to show up at my house, and I'm so excited to just open it and see, you know, what am I going to get this week? Like the other night, my family and I had the Sweet Thai Chili Burgers. So good. Little crispy onions on top and sweet potato wedges. And everything I needed was right there in the bag. It was amazing. Sweet potato wedges, the burger, the bun, all of that good stuff. And it only took me 35 minutes to make the entire meal for my family of four. It's so easy, so convenient. And what's really great is you just choose your meals and select your delivery day. Like I said, Wednesdays for me, maybe Mondays for you or Friday. HelloFresh handles the meal planning and shopping. So all you have to do is open your weekly box of pre-portioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes to get cooking. And you've probably heard, you know, they say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. A lot of people don't, they don't have, I never had breakfast until I met my wife. She's like, you don't eat breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day. I'm like, ah, now I see. I see it and HelloFresh agrees. In fact, they're giving all subscribers free breakfast for life. That's right, life. You'll never have to think about breakfast again. You just know it's coming with the HelloFresh box. That means you'll enjoy a totally free breakfast item with every single HelloFresh delivery. If I'm being honest, that's worth waking up early for. To get free breakfast for life, go to HelloFresh.com slash backwards free and use the code backwards free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash backwards free with the code backwards free. HelloFresh.com slash backwards free. Use the code backwards free for free breakfast for life. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Yeah, were you in Austin? Or what part of Texas? Oh. I was... Uh- Turkey, Texas. It was up between Lubbock and Amarillo. It was a town of like 300 people in absolute nowhere. It's perfect. Wow. Okay. And then that you started growing a fan base there. And then what, going to different parts of Texas while living there? Well, I think I first started playing out in uh, kind of like Fort Worth quite a bit. Played a lot of Fort Worth. And then we played Lubbock and Amarillo quite a bit. And then we kind of slowly started branching down. But yeah, I would, I would credit Lubbock with quite a bit too. Wow. And then eventually you make it back to Nashville. Like what took you to move back to Tennessee? Was it now Tennessee's listening because it's becoming like the, the song's buzzing or you're yeah. getting a lot of, you know, more fans and more people. What brought me back to Tennessee was a publishing deal. Ah, okay. Job. <laughs> so yeah, job. So how do you, how does the publisher find you just based off of your songs that you're putting up online? Yeah, it was a lot of that. And just kind of, uh, just, a lot of connections through people I was all already writing with and people that they were already on their staff and whatnot. Okay. And then you get obviously a deal with, with Atlantic records. That must've been a massive moment for you. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think it was all a step in the right direction for sure. Yeah. So you start working on the, the EP was released with them, correct? Yeah. So the, yeah, I recorded everything with Ryan and Gary and then I had five songs out by the time they came around and then they helped me put out the last five. And now we have uh, a new record that we're getting ready to put out this, this Friday or the, the start of it at least. Oh, interesting. Okay. 
So you yeah. have more. So the songs that yeah you have out now are you've already done. And yeah, now you're moving. Yeah, those are. Oh, really? Because yeah. you just released them pretty recently, though, right? I mean, this within this year. Yeah, we we just uh, when we hopped on with Atlantic, we kind of made a plan to put out the last five over this last summer and into the fall. Into the fall, right? Because I feel like the album came out or the EP, the second five came out in September. Yep. Okay. And then you've already been, but those songs are older, so you've been working on even new music that you you have ready to come out as well. Here we got 10 new songs coming up. Wow. And with this Christmas one, Christmas by myself was just kind of a one-off that you did? Yeah, that was just kind of a one-off. I think Atlantic was looking for a lot of their artists to try and do a Christmas song, so I kind of made like a anti-Christmas song, kind of almost in revolt of it, but it worked. <laughs> yeah, no, it's brilliant. I really like the lyrics on it. Thank you. Uh-huh. And you, you consider... I, well, I look at your um, influences, which is like all over the board, which is awesome. I mean, you've got Boyce and Men in there and like Garth Brooks, but then like Taking Back Sunday and The Use, like, or, like when it comes to that, or is it, are you just taking little elements or they're just all groups and, and artists that you like listening to? I think that's just what I like listening to. And then I think by default, you're taking bits and pieces of that, whether that's melodies or energy or whatever it is, lyrics, whatever. Like, I think it all just kind of comes out somehow, some way. Mm -hmm. okay yeah. yeah when i saw that i was like oh wow like this is really because th those are the bands that i grew up listening to was all that yeah. emo pop punk stuff so when i saw that the, you, you tack those on the end i was like oh that's really interesting yeah i was i was that weird kid that brought a skateboard to the state fair and i was riding my skateboard between show and my steer it didn't make any sense <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i grew up skateboarding as well and that's actually really how i got into music were you finding bands through like old skate videos or anything like that did you or was that just something totally different yeah, I think it was definitely skate videos and like warp tour, dude. That was my shit. Oh yeah, hell yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you, the genre you you claimed is a mara a marijuana, right? Western marijuana. The Western marijuana. I love that. I, that's super creative. Um, how, I mean, tell me about you know just that name in general. I think it's just uh, country music goes a little bit wetter with weed. I think is what it is. <laughs> there you go. It's, yeah, it's for the hippies and the cowboys. I love it. Um, so tell me about this new music you have coming out. So those other songs three years ago, and then you moved back to Nashville and what? Start working on what's going to be the this album that you have coming out. Yeah, we we kind of took the whole last year. Um, just was writing really hard last year, year and a half, and stocked up a whole bunch of songs, and then um. I took uh, just a big old Dropbox folder to my buddy, Eddie Spear, and he's the one that ended up producing this record. And he picked his favorite 10, and we kind of went back and forth on a couple. And um, this is, yeah, this is kind of what we're coming out with. Pretty excited okay. to have the first batch of, you know, the first record fully from Atlantic Records and see what, see what we can do with it. Yeah. And is it sonically any different than what you've been doing or pretty similar? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it kind of is like this last, like that last record, there's really not a whole lot of electric guitar and stuff like that. It's pretty, you know, uh, acoustic, kind of folky, stripped down a little bit. And this kind of builds on top of that. There's still not a whole crazy lot of electric, but it's all, there's a little more production in it, I guess. But then there's also songs where it's just like, I mean, there's songs at the full band and then there's songs where it's just me and then a bunch of gang vocals and a guitar. Like it's, it's kind of all over the board, so. I think it's a good it's it's a good like compliment to the last record, but still building. Okay. And what's like? Are there any particular songs that you or at what point were you like? Okay, I want to make this an album. I mean, not a lot of artists are 
still doing full albums, right? I mean, to to yeah. do that, I think that's really cool. Um, were you the, sorry? Yeah, I think that's the songwriter in me is wanting to make albums. I'd like to make a record every year if I could. Okay, so yeah. you knew kind of going into it, it was going to be an album. Yeah. Okay, that's yep. awesome. And I was still, there? Sorry, one more time. You cut out. Leaving those records, making yeah. albums. Yeah, I mean, it's, you're able to t tell more of a storyline, right? Or more of a, like, a whole cohesive yeah. piece of art. Was it difficult choosing what would become an album, or did you have just enough songs that you're like, I know these are it? Um, I think, well, hell, I think we handed them, like, 70, 75 songs. So, whittling wow. it down. And the thing is, too, I think there's room for another record or two on that. But um, I kind of was just really just kind of let go and let Eddie kind of run with what he could hear and what he was trying to make. And yeah, I think, I think that's an important thing with making a record. It's trusting your players and trusting your producer. And I know my role is the singing and the songwriting and I try and keep in that lane. Mm -hmm. And was this the first time you had worked with Eddie? Yes, sir. Okay. Was that different? I mean, being able to just be like, here's this, uh, or having a bunch of songs to hand over to someone versus maybe you writing with, or, or was it similar with your, your first, you know, batch of I mean, songs. Yeah, it was kind of similar in the sense of like sit down and the whole band is playing together. There's like a little bit of like we would go back and do some overdubs, but a lot of it was just sitting down and jamming it together until we got the take and we got what we liked. And I, I really appreciate that kind of feel. I don't think you can replace that in the flow and the feel of a record. Mm -hmm. And then you all did seventy songs. Well, right. we did do seven and. I had I had like seventy five demos done up already. Oh wow! It was that's what we whittled down into the first record was the ten. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, I wish we sat down and did all seventy. That'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a lot of work to then be like, here's seventy. Now pick this to ten. <laughs> no, you never heard of seventy. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, you must be writing a lot to have seventy demos. Yeah, well, that's yeah. We've been writing pretty hard the last year too. And now you're going to take it on the, the road. You got a bunch of dates. Yeah, that's, a, that's what it's been a lot of uh, writing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and playing Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Kind of been the whole thing lately. Yeah, you're doing what? Georgia coming up uh, in like two days. And then you're, you got a bunch. Yeah, you're kind of like all over the place. And then a bunch of festivals. Yeah, we're, then we're going to. Yeah, we're kind of in the south finishing up this year uh for this weekend and then i think december we're going out to las vegas for that national finals rodeo and playing quite a bit out there and then starting right back up in january out in colorado and kansas and texas oklahoma and yeah and we just got back from new york city the other day so i've been going that's exciting it's really cool um and when so you said you have a uh, the first off of this next or this album that you're going to put out that's coming out very very soon here yep yeah, that'll be on Friday. It's called Tiffany Blue. Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> Tell me we about that song then. Uh, well, we did uh, brought that song in. That's one that Eddie found. And it was one that I probably wasn't, honestly wasn't going to pick to be on there. But he kind of heard some cool stuff with it. And we got it recorded. And then I had my friends um, Ashman Rowe and Carter Faith come in and put some uh, harmonies down for other songs on that record. And Eddie had turned to Carter and just had her put some stuff on Tiffany Blue put her on like the last verse, last chorus, and then put her on the second chorus. And like, there was just all this, like she just kind of kept getting a little more and more on the song. And uh, 
he just turned around and just said it was a duet and that was it wow so the, the so the song you're going to put out on friday is a duet yes sir yep wow and the first duet i think i mean based off your catalog thus far yeah it'd be fun it'd be good to have that on there that's so. cool is that somebody that you play with quite a bit or is it like uh, will you debut that thing live or anything uh we played it out a little bit like we played it uh, at a show here in nashville not long ago and then we played it in uh charlotte this other last weekend so yeah we've been trying to play it out a little bit as much as we can that's um that's really cool man and then what's what's kind of the 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 song about aside from tiffany man i don't know it's uh it's kind of just a whole you thought you had it good and then you know the girl goes and then you're just left with your lonely self i guess but it was a very expensive piece of jewelry (laughs) like and i had this morbid idea too like going into the song i almost damn near wanted to be like a murder ballad when i like presented it in like this like songwriting circle that we were doing one day and like i was just kind of like i was like what if some guy like gets shot by his girlfriend with a pistol with tiffany blue grips and that he bought her or something like that you know and like that was the whole like thing that's not what it turned into but that's where my weird head was at on it and that's kind of like the idea I presented and then it all kind of got tamed down and focused up and yeah, came out with what we did. So I'm excited for people to hear it. That's awesome. Is there a song on the album that's like a lot different than anything you've done thus far? Yeah, there's one called Fly Over Me Angel. That's pretty like it feels a little more cinematic than anything I've done. Okay. That's yeah. Awesome. I wouldn't okay. even know how to play acoustic guitar. It's kind of funky. You don't know how to play? Is that what you said? I, w- I don't know how I'd start. I don't think you could play it with just yourself. I think you'd have to have the whole band around it. It's just got a, it's kind of got some cool instrumentation behind it. Interesting. Wow. And are you touring with the whole band all the, uh, all the time now, or is it yeah. you do shows solo? Okay. I mean, I'm trying to play with the band as much as I can. Love it, man. Well, thank you, Tyler, for doing this. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it, dude. Yeah. I have one more uh, question for you. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Oh, hell. Don't listen to nobody and just keep your head down. I Love think. It. Yeah. Love it. Nobody Love it. That we're all making it up. <laughs> everyone's <laughs> <full of> shit, <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> Sorry, one more time. That everyone's full of shit. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs>